0: Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World.
1: Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list.
0: A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. teenage ottawa don't change that podcast because it's time for the movies to watch before the end of the world podcast
1: okay okay roll
0: call <laughs> i was gonna do the whole roll call but oh, like really? your and my names like snuck in there yeah but then i was like no <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then i decided against
0: that i decided not to hmm. yeah
1: Powering me through,
0: living and breathing that's good another day another dollar
1: I want to talk about something super exciting.
0: Okay, I can tell.
1: (laughs) I have seen many movie trailers recently.
0: (laughs) Because I keep telling.
1: Well, you keep on sending me. You sent me the one for uh, Gucci, and then I saw one today for some movie with uh, Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, There's been a few of them, and you know what they all say at the end, Mitha? Only in theaters. (laughs) It's honestly, it's such a weird thing, but it gives me so much excitement to be like only in theaters. You mean I can't pay $30 to rent this? I'm so excited.
0: You're so excited! I'm. I don't know what happened to me. This like past week, I just got this like sudden urge and exhilaration to like watch movies again. Yeah. Other than like what we do for yeah, our yeah, podcast. of
1: course, what, what do we but, do every week.
0: Right, and like I, I think it started with I bought. I got an email from Cineplex that okay. said like you can pre-order your tickets for Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do I want to do that? And I was thinking, I was like, I do want to see this. Yeah. Because I've heard really good things, and I, on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think it was like at a hundred percent.
1: Is it by Zack Snyder?
0: No, it's by um, James Gunn. James Mm. Gunn? I always get him and his brother mixed up.
1: Is James... I think James... Is James Gunn... Is James... Kirk
0: from Gilmore Girls?
1: (laughs) Or is James Gunn from Silence of the Lambs?
0: No. Something Gunn. James Gunn? James Gunn, yeah.
1: Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. There you go,
0: okay. There you go, yeah. So written and directed by him, so very exciting and kind Mm -hmm. of like a... Like a middle finger to the MCU yeah. after what they did to him. So, um, but yes, very excited about that. And so I was like, okay, I do want to see that in a theater. And I feel like I should pre-order my tickets because it is a movie that everybody is going to want to see in theater. Yeah.
1: And there's limited capacity.
0: There's limited, And I know it's just going to be me. So I want yeah. to get a good seat yeah. <laughs> because it's just me. And so I pre-ordered and I check every day to see like who's sitting around me. There are no, like three people to my left. There's nobody. Three people to my right. There's nobody. And two people in front of me. There's nobody.
1: Yeah. That's nice. And it's kind
0: of like the ideal movie experience.
1: (laughs) Is it sold out your screening though? Not yet. No. Okay.
0: I think, I don't know what people are doing. How
1: many people can it is is it seating
0: I don't know at the top of my head I did pick a theater that is not as popular as okay. other theaters but it's in our not city. like
1: when I saw promising young woman it was 10 seats and that was it it's more than that
0: No it's a big full theater okay. full theater
1: yeah. with spacing
0: with spacing Yeah mm-hmm. I'm going to Bar Haven
1: <laughs> Oh that's yeah. far for those who don't live in Ottawa that is far <laughs>
0: It's really actually not that bad for me.
1: No, it isn't terrible, but it's also it's also not the best theater. But I also get why you're going there.
0: Yeah, because it'll likely be like I thought about going to Lansdowne, which is yeah. the really popular theater here, and they have VIP. It's and, the like,
1: sexiest theater, I'd say.
0: It's a good like date yeah. night theater. Yeah. But I realize more people would want to like go there, and go I kind of want to not have to deal with those Fair. people. So
1: I think for your first movie in eighteen months at a theater. Yeah.
0: My last movie that I saw was in, was probably March 2020 or February 2020. Yeah, it's
1: almost 18 months. So yeah. for your first movie in that long after a pandemic, I think going to a smaller theater and then you'll realize how actually comfortable and safe you feel and you'll just mm-hmm. start going regularly.
0: I'm actually so excited. It's yeah. on Friday. Today I'm... is Tuesday, August 3rd and I'm going on
1: Friday. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. And I, while I was watching all these trailers, I was just like, this really is inevitable because like... I'm so glad it's happening. And like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary because like the Delta variant is still a thing. And like, you know, what's happening in the States is who knows actually what's going to happen and if there will be a fourth wave or not. But it does give hope that even if there is a fourth wave, the fourth wave will come and go. And then there is a return to movie going in the theater and a return to the movie going experience. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of movies had to push it because there was no choice but one movie, I'm not <laughs> sure how to push it, and is now paying for it, is Black Widow.
0: It is. What a Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because the big news, so we are very ahead. This is August 3rd that we're recording, and it's not premiering this episode until like August 20-something. So we are quite ahead of the game. So this is, so this is definitely a little old news, but we're still going to talk about it because it's huge. You want to... You want, you want to talk about
0: it? Do you want me to talk about it? Okay. Um, so earlier this past week, it was announced that Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for breach of contract. Uh-huh. Uh, the first point of it is breach of contract. And the second point is that they are like being really sneaky about what is uh-huh. in the contract. But for breach of contract in terms of Black Widow and the sale. So, in the back end of Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson was supposed to receive compensation based on the sales of the movie being played in sorry?
1: box office performance. or
0: box, yes, being played yeah. for box office performance for being played in a theater. And then Disney announced that they were going to play in theaters, but also stream it. And mm-hmm. they did not negotiate her contract to stipulate what she would get for streaming revenue. Mm-hmm. And she is now suing them. Uh-huh. And quite frankly, like, I kind of agree with her. <laughs> I think that that is more than fair. It's. A- Part of a franchise. Yeah. She's a very important part of this film. And you've negotiated the fact that you have worked really hard in this franchise. We want to not only have you star in this movie, but we want you to receive the benefits of this movie as well. So, why would you not negotiate for the fact that we had to maneuver around the fact that there's a world pandemic mm-hmm. and we're going to make this more accessible for everybody? Mm-hmm. She should get the profits of that as well.
1: So, uh, there's a couple of things from this the other major thing that actually happened I think Scarlett Johansson suing Disney is huge Mm -hmm. but the bigger thing I think that happened is now Emma Stone is considering suing Disney as well because of the Cruella disease Uh, the the, the Cruella disease the Cruella
0: release yes exactly and I believe John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are considering it for what was happen with A Quiet Place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: This is major. It's huge. To sue someone, and this is going to sound weird, but to sue someone in Hollywood actually takes a It's a lot. Yeah. Because, so I remember I had, I've told this story and I'll say it again because it's a very interesting story. <laughs> I have a friend here who I work with and he wrote a script and he shopped it around and sent it to a production company that said, oh, we're not really interested. Months go by and he sees a trailer for a movie called The Purge, which was the exact movie that he had written. And then he contacted a lawyer and they said, look, you can sue and you'd probably win, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And is this how you want to be known in the film industry as the person who sues? Because Mm -hmm. being a litigious person in the entertainment industry is not a good look.
0: It's not. And like, even outside of the entertainment industry, in order for someone to sue someone, that takes a lot. Like, a lot. I'm sure that these celebrities, and Scarlett Johansson in particular, went through a lot of talks before yeah. getting to this
1: Suing point, Disney.
0: Before suing Disney. Like, yeah. she must have, like, there's no way that there wasn't just some talk up. in there of like, hey, like, what's going on with this? Why am I not getting paid for this?
1: That she just <laughs> rolled over to call in one morning and was like, you know what? I think I'm, I'm just gonna so sue you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still Johansson.
0: I'm pregnant. I'm gonna sue
1: Disney. Hey, this is this is major, and I think a lot of what I read online was she is worth like 150 million or something, and like does she need the money? And it's just like that's not the point.
0: Yeah, she was so paid. Nice.
1: She was paid to do a job. She is, and I don't. I think this is the big thing about celebrity or movie stars' wages. Let's call them mm-hmm. when. Someone is making 20 million for a movie. That sounds insane. Yes. But I don't think what people really understand, or maybe it's hard to grasp, is that that person, let's say Tom Cruise, you're paying him 20 million for a movie because the expectation is that Tom Cruise, as an entity, as a human being, will bring in half a billion dollars.
0: Also, Tom Cruise has to walk onto that set as Ethan Hunt every single day. Tom Cruise specifically has to do those stunts. He has to be mentally prepared, physically prepared. He has to put himself into that role. Same thing with Scarlett Johansson. Like, that is a lot of work.
1: I'm not saying that I think, I'm not saying that movie stars, I think, are compensated appropriately for the work they do. I think that's a larger conversation. But I am saying there is an economic reason why they are paid what they are paid. There is there is a valid reason that if Scarlett Johansson, that movie was made, was expected to make a billion dollars. That was the expectation. The worldwide gross would be that much. That was the expectation from her that she put in a performance and that she contributed in a way that that movie would result in a billion dollar revenue for for Disney and the MCU. And now she's being shortchanged because of a situation that's out of her hands, and then wasn't renegotiated. She yeah. is rightfully owed the money that she's not getting.
0: You get your money. Spent it has out.
1: nothing to do with the fact that she is. She doesn't need the money. I don't think that's the point for Scarlett. I don't think she's saying I need this money. She's it's like, no, principle. man. It's the principle. I was owed this. Yeah,
0: and I love that she waited to see what it did in terms of streaming because sixty million dollars is a lot of money for lot. that first weekend. Yeah. And that's and counting
1: and counting. But I mean, they are saying so. What I've read a lot about the like streaming box office is that it declines substantially after the first weekend.
0: I mean, that's fair because look at me, I'm one person who paid and I've already allowed like four people to watch it for my exactly, yeah, for my login. But 60 million is still a lot, it's a lot, that's
1: a lot of people, yeah. So I don't know if this is a precedent that is going to happen going forward. I I think the movie industry as we know it is going to have a big change and Dune is coming out in October and Mm -hmm. right now they say that it's going to premiere on HBO Max. I will not be seeing Dune on HBO Max. I will be going to a theater to see Dune. I'll go too. Yeah. I I will absolutely figure out how to, I have two kids, like an infant, but I will figure out how to make it work.
0: Why don't I babysit for you one day and you go (laughs) and then that'll be the day that you go.
1: Maybe. Well, I'll figure it out, but I'm, but I'm not doing that. And I think if Scarlett Johansson is able to win this, it will be a landmark and it will change whether films decide to stream or not in the first place.
0: It's going to change everything.
1: It, it can really change things. It is a... How
0: exciting for her.
1: Honestly, good for her. I really... Like, I read that, and my gut instinct was... My gut instinct was just like, that's bold. And But then I was just like, you know what? You get yours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You get what you're owed.
0: And I... Well, I just think it's so interesting. It's coming from her, too, because she, over the last, like, five years of her career, she's experienced so much flack from people because she stood up for her beliefs. And, like, you know, when in press judgments when they ask her, like, what's your exercise routine? But then Robert Downey Jr. gets asked this existential question about being Tony Stark. And she's spoken up and said, like, why are you asking me that? Like, why aren't you asking me real questions? I feel like the media has been really mean towards her. Well, she's
1: experienced some insane misogyny. Yes. If you think about it, the the Marvel Universe, granted, like, it's not necessarily Marvel's fault, but she's one female amongst, like, ten men. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and she,
0: they screwed her over with this movie. This movie yeah. should have came out in 2016. Why yeah. didn't they give her a solo movie then?
1: Yeah, it's because yeah. They, they didn't think that a woman, forget Scarlett Johansson, they didn't think a, a female-led superhero film would make bank. Mm-hmm. That's what it was.
0: And then you wouldn't have gotten sued. Then you,
1: maybe, maybe not. Like, I, I'm sure at some point she feels mistreated. But in all fairness, yeah. any actress in that role would have been just as popular. I don't think Scarlett Johansson is bringing anything to Black Widow. So originally,
0: honest. it was supposed to be Emily Blunt, and I would have loved to see I think see that would have been, yeah, girl.
1: interesting, yeah.
0: So good, yeah.
1: But so good. it doesn't matter. It's like a matter of preference. But like yeah. Black Widow, I think, it's not like people are saying, oh, I'm going to watch it because of ScarJo.
0: But also, she, along with facing all that misogyny, she's had really interesting viewpoints when it comes to this industry and the people she's worked with um, and the roles that she has been offered or has accepted. And I think people are really harping on that negative um, attention that she's gotten when it came to like talking about working with Woody Allen and talking about playing um, a transgender character. I think people still have that in the back of their heads or or on their mouth. And so they're kind of saying all these really negative things about her suing Disney. But I'm just like, no, it's warranted. Like, this is money that she was owed. Yeah. Yeah. Think of anybody like
1: she's a celebrity, but this is her job. Yeah. This is this is it. This is her employment. And like, if would it be okay if, you know, your company promised you money and then changed that negotiation under your nose? And.
0: They probably didn't even do it under her nose. She just probably spoke up from the get go being like, hey, this is what's happening. Pay me properly. And they just decided not to.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. probably more realistic of what happened, which is mm-hmm. if you think about it, insane. Think about the corporation you work for. And if they were supposed to pay you something and they said, no, we're not going to.
0: Because of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, because of the pandemic. Imagine. Yeah. And just because she's a celebrity doesn't mean she's owed less.
0: I'm excited for her.
1: I am, too. I hope she wins. Me, too. But, Mitha. Yes. Enough about ScarJo. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to talk about the 60s. And
0: the nicest kids in town? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because
1: this week, we watched one of Mitha's movies, or two!
0: Two movies! Of Mitha's Double movies. feature.
1: Mitha, what did we watch?
0: This week, we watched Hairspray,
1: mm-hmm.
0: parentheses, 1988. Yes. And Hairspray, parentheses, 2007. Yes. Which, can I just say I'm so mad that they didn't wait until 2008 to release the second
1: <laughs> one. Just that one year would have been perfect. That one,
0: you could have waited one more year, and it would have been beautiful.
1: 20-year yeah. anniversary of Hairspray. Hairspray,
0: Exactly. Yeah. But yes, I, I chose to watch Hairspray and Hairspray right. this week. Yep. Um, so before I go into why I made this wise decision, yeah. Nadeem, do you want to um, give us the synopses for Hairspray and Hairspray?
1: Yes. So... <laughs> In our itinerary, Mitha has the IMDb description for both hairsprays written out, but it's extremely similar. So I am only <laughs> going to read one because it is the exact same for both.
0: I'm like interested to see which one you choose.
1: <laughs> Pleasantly plump Tracy Turnblad teaches 1962 Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. So, Mitha, so, yes. go.
0: Well, okay, first I want to let everybody know Nadim decided to read the synopses from Hair- Hairspray 2007. Yes. <laughs> Not the 1988 version. Um, but yes, I chose Hairspray and Hairspray um, for, I mean, like one really big reason. When I Yeah, one big reason. I was trying to think of movies that kind of have had an effect on me or were a part of a certain part of my life. And the first Broadway show that I ever saw on Broadway, was Hairspray. And it was, yeah, in New York City. And the year was 2007. Oh. Yeah, so I saw Hairspray on Broadway probably... April or May 2007 and this movie came out the July following okay. and it was just a very exciting time for me like I've always loved musical theater and loved musicals and to be in New York City for the first time by myself I had gone like a bunch as a kid yeah. but when I went as a kid it was us in the car and like my aunt and uncle's pointing out like yeah. oh that's this and that's that we didn't go out and like explore yeah. the city. And so this was, like, the first time that I actually got to go and, like, walk around the city myself, which is kind of crazy when I think back to it, because I was, like, a 15-year-old on a school field trip. Yeah. (laughs) And there was no teacher supervision whatsoever. Really? Yeah. They looked (laughs) – they – so – The school field trip was because we had our school choir was doing a performance in New York City. I was not in the school choir. So kids who weren't in choir could tag along and go to New York City as well. And so the day that the choir people had their performance, the rest of the kids were told like, okay, like, you guys go around, do what you want, meet us back at this spot at like 8 p.m.
1: That's insane in Manhattan. (laughs)
0: In Manhattan, in Central Park, that was our first spot. In Central Park? I'm surprised you weren't
1: kidnapped and sold into sex slavery.
0: (laughs) Like, dark side of the story, there was one girl on the trip who, like, she didn't have any friends on the trip with her, and she was, like, trying to be friends with this other group of girls who were, like, very clicky and kind of standoffish, and so she kept trying to tag along with them, but they weren't, like, into it. And when we got back to our rendezvous point, I, I don't know if you need to keep this in, but when we got back to our rendezvous point, she wasn't there. <gasps> I'm keeping and this the in. teacher <laughs> were like, Hey, like last time we saw her, she was with you. Yeah. What happened? And those, the girls were like, we went to lunch and she just started talking to this random guy and like went off with him. And so they were trying to figure that all out. And then all of a sudden we turn around and she's there and she's with some random guy. And she mu- she was a year younger than us so she must have been 14.
1: That, me that.
0: And he looked like he was like in his 20s. And the the te- one of the teachers like started running towards her as soon as he started running towards her he like ran the other direction. Mhm. And then I don't know what happened when we got back. Like we got back we went on the bus and went back to our hotel yeah. and I don't know what happened when we got back to the hotel but they she didn't come back to her room, so like I think the teachers were like the female teachers on the trip yeah. were talking to her and trying to figure out
1: like what did something what happened. happen?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did the high school gossip room we are so far from what we should be talking about? No, but this we just were got all so told
0: like don't talk like you this isn't like this is serious. Yeah. It's not something that you should be gossiping about. It's not something that you should be telling other people about. Like, also, you guys, those
1: teachers were like, oh, we're going to get fired because we were te- super I'm negligent. I'm so
0: surprised no one yeah, got fired.
1: that's insane. Those teachers should have been fired.
0: They should have. That was
1: a. i ter- I'm sorry, you shouldn't
0: just tell us, like, not all of us are really responsible. No, <laughs> not how, all but, of us decided- No
1: one is really responsible at 15.
0: Well, okay, uh, me and my friend <laughs> decided to go get lunch- then just like go do a little bit of shopping, and then we got tickets to go see a Broadway show.
1: Oh, so and... this wasn't a part of your thing. You did this on your own.
0: Yeah. That's really cute. That is a nice day in New York. Right? Exactly. And so we did that, and we saw Hairspray. And then when we got to the rendezvous point...
1: <laughs> you heard the, the was... goss. Girl was
0: missing. We heard the goss, yeah.
1: Okay. Kind of insane. Great segue story, Mitha. Totally worth it. Yes. But, but back I to I Hairspray.
0: <laughs> it just shows you how responsible i am yes absolutely how much of a dork i am i'm a 15 year old alone in new york city and i chose to go see a Broadway show i
1: that's i think a lot of people would have done that
0: okay good yeah good yes so we went to tkts yeah (laughs) we got our 40 tickets yeah it was way way high up Yeah, but it just like was such an exhilarating experience I highly recommend if you've never gone to see one that you do go to see one. Even if it's a cheap seat, it's so worth it. It's not like anything you've ever, a theater experience like you've experienced before. Uh, And it was so lovely. And at the time, Ashley Parker Angel from Mm -hmm. (laughs) O-Town was playing Link, but he wasn't there that day. And instead was his replacement, who was a little unknown named Andrew Ronells.
1: Oh, this is pre-Book yeah. of Mormon.
0: This is pre-Book of Mormon, which was like, at the time I was really disappointed because I wanted to see Ashley Parker yeah. Angel, but now I'm glad that I didn't. And yeah. I saw Andrew Rannells play him. And then um Penny was played by Alexa Vega, who's oh, okay. the, the girl in Spy Kids. Yeah. So. That's my claim to fame. (laughs) But I saw them in hairspray. But yeah, so I saw that Broadway show. And then the reason why we picked hairspray is because we knew that there was this like movie coming out in a couple months. And so we're like, okay, let's watch this. And so then I saw the movie that summer and very similar to the Broadway show. And so I was like, okay, like maybe I shouldn't have learned what the original, you know, what the original work is. And so I watched this at 16 years old.
1: The John Waters version?
0: The John Waters version. I think at that point, Flicks and Flavors was still open. Mm -hmm. Like, I could still go and rent a movie. And that's how I found it. And I watched this alone, like, on summer vacation one Mm -hmm. day. And it was an experience all in itself as well. And so I knew that you obviously were familiar with the 2007 musical because, like, who didn't see that at that time? But I did know that you had never seen the original John Waters Mm -hmm. movie. And so I wanted to give you the experience of Hairspray 1988 and Hairspray 2007 all in one lump sum. Okay. Yeah. Interesting
1: choice. Right. Just to clarify for our audience, because this is an interesting adaption. The 1988 version written by John Waters is an original film Mm
0: -hmm. that was
1: adapted into a Broadway musical Mm -hmm. that was adapted into a feature film. Mm -hmm. So the 1988 version is not a musical, but the 2007 version is a musical. Yes. But the 2007 version is not based on the 1988 version. It's based on the musical that was based on the 1988 (laughs) version. It's a little complicated, but that's, that is kind of how it is.
0: You got it right. You nailed it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs)
0: There we go. Um, And so as we're going through this, I think, I want to know your impressions on the 1988 film. Before anything else. So tell me how you feel about Hairspray 1988.
1: So first, have you seen anything else by John Waters?
0: I remember seeing parts of Pink Flamingos, but I could not sit through the entirety of Pink Flamingos. (laughs) And then I've seen Crybaby. Okay. Yeah.
1: So again, for those people who don't know, John Waters is what they call an exercise in bad taste. (laughs) Like that's kind of his like thing. And Pink Flamingos is probably his most notorious film starring this drag queen named Divine.
0: Divine does not like to be defined as a drag queen. Oh,
1: interesting. What is
0: Divine is a male actor that it gets paid to play a female. That is how Divine likes. Okay. to be.
1: Okay, sure. Yes. So it stars this gentleman who goes by the name Divine. Yes. And plays a, f- a-, a, f- a female. And we're not going to go into Pink Flamingos because it's a lot.
0: Just know that somebody eats shit in it.
1: And there's like unsimulated you... sex, and like it's it's a movie. It's a really yeah. it's a really weird movie. So I had seen Pink Flamingos years ago, but my expectation of Hairspray was I had heard it's his most accessible film. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching it, I was.
0: Were you looking for the, the outrageousness?
1: No, because I knew it was his most accessible film. Like I didn't. When we pick, when you pick movies for me, I try not to go on IMDb and like read stuff. I try to watch it as fresh as possible. So what yes. I knew going in was what I knew going in. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. else. So I knew, it turns out it's rated PG. It's like his most sanitized film he ever made. It's also his most, I think, successful film.
0: Yes, most commercial.
1: Most commercial. But the one thing I did realize while watching it, I was like, I can't watch this without being informed of what the 2007 movie was.
0: Oh, Do you know what I
1: mean? Like, I couldn't watch it because... And so, it's not a good movie. No. That's how I feel about it. And it was weird because when you read the reviews, it actually has pretty glowing reviews and, like, people really like it. It's a cult classic. But I did not like it. I didn't like... I didn't like anything about it. It's a very loud film. It's a very poorly acted. It's poorly filmed. It's poorly directed. The cinematography is so bizarre at times. Like, it's just, it really looks like something made in high school film class. Like, it really does. And it stars, like, Ricky Lake and Ben Stiller's dad. And, like, that's... His name is Jerry Stiller. I know, but it's funnier to say Ben Stiller's dad.
0: He's also George Costanza's dad. George Costanza, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's just, it's not, It's it's hard to watch, almost. And it's like, yeah, I just, I I wasn't, I was not interested in it. And the only reason I was able to kind of continue watching it was because of my experience having watched the musical. And I knew essentially what was happening. And the whole time I was watching the 1988 version, I was just like, wow, they really did improve upon this this idea. Because the idea itself is actually very clever. Mm -hmm. It's very fun and it's very different. And like using music to kind of talk about integration and racism and all of that, it's a really interesting way of doing it. But the... Movie musical, and as a result, the Broadway musical, do such a great job of taking the best pieces of that and then building on it.
0: I guess that's fair. It's hard to separate the two. Mm -hmm. Like, how many times have you seen the musical?
1: A lot more than I thought, to be quite honest. So, (laughs) I, I, I saw it years ago when it first came out, and then... If you were a Canadian, you know that on basic cable, you there was this channel called the Women's Network.
0: Yes, W a
1: W the W <laughs> Network, and you had a lot yeah. of home renovation shows, and they would show movies, and often really fun like rom coms and a lot of like comedies. And Hairspray was on a lot on the Women's Network, and it was an easy channel to throw on if you were like doing something and you just needed laundry. a movie. Yeah, laundry or like yeah. even homework sometimes. So I have actually, I actually
0: did my laundry when we were watching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've seen Hairspray a few times. But I hadn't seen it in many years. Mm -hmm. so
0: Yeah, I guess it's hard to kind of separate the two. When I watched it, like, the first time, like, when I was 16, I was so confused because I didn't know John Waters at all. But I had heard, like, that he's just this, like, crazy, wild director. And I was just like, what is – what am I watching right now? Like, what are these – Costumes. What are these characters? What are yeah. these clothes? And like, I know this from the musical. I know this and that and that. And it was, and it was the same experience of like kind of trying to separate them, oh. especially when you just have this like fresh Broadway experience yeah. of like seeing these people come to life. Cause what I feel like what the film does in 1988, it's really a lot just more grittier than the music. Yeah. yeah it's kind of this sort of flat, but dirty not, almost, in a yeah, way. but not in a
1: good gritty way. No, do you know what I mean? It's not like the Dark Knight is gritty Batman. Th-
0: this is like dirty, it's like gritty.
1: dirty, yeah. It's just like yeah. it's uncouth,
0: and that's how I felt at 16. And then watching it again now, I'm like, the acting here is like really bad, really terrible, but I feel like they hit the nail on the head a lot more when it comes to. The message of equality and anti racism, um, and sort of those themes that are really pertinent in Hairspray. I feel like the original film is able to express those a lot easier than the musical is because sometimes in the musical, I forget that those things are part of it. Yeah. I get so distracted by all the color and vibrancy and the, and the music. Biography and the music. Yeah. And the, these characters that I forget that this, it's about you know anti-racism and it's about um segregation and yeah, it's about you know a feeling like you belong yeah. <laughs> like i forget all those things and so i watching it i was like i know this isn't a great movie because like just presented as the way it's presented it's not good but those messages are coming across a lot clearer mm-hmm. than they do in this musical and so like what actually does that make it a better movie
1: no because no. <laughs> racism itself is a really easy theme to communicate. There, It is not a complicated thing. Yeah. And especially like where For we are. For you and I. No, but I think even even someone who's racist, they get the concept. That's just their choice not to agree with it. So I think if you watch this, I think you know it's very easy to say in 1988 even, to be like, well, of course, integration is the wave of the future. Like, there's no... That's not something hard to communicate or that sense of, like... Maybe that idea of belonging somewhere is a little bit more complex, but, like, racism in general and, like, the need to integrate, it's pretty, like... That's pretty obvious as a a theme. So I don't... I do agree with what you're saying. I think that it does... Highlighted a little better in the John Waters movie, and Mm -hmm. because it's a musical and a Broadway musical, some like a serious theme like racism can get a little washed away.
0: Yeah, I watching the musical. I hadn't watched the musical in a long time, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of scenes where it's like, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot that they actually march. Like, yes, that's a whole scene in the movie. I don't remember. It's also the most
1: boring scene in the movie. Yeah, that song is. I cannot even hum a tune to it. Because it's so it right it's now. so unremarkable as yeah. a song, and it's boring, that sequence. And it is interesting that you say that, because while I was watching that, I had that feeling that I'm like, this is really boring, and I'm waiting for this to finish to get to the next, like, big dance sequence. Yeah. Like, that's what the feeling was. But from the perspective of the movie and the theme, it's actually a really important scene.
0: And, like, when I think about those kind of issues... And I think about this musical as a whole. I've always thought that this is a really good musical yeah. because the songs are vibrant and boppy. You memorize them yourself. Like, I know all the words to Without Love, like, yeah. without a doubt. I could sing it right now to you if you wanted me to. No, you He's don't have to. He's shaking his head no. We're good. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, I know these songs backwards and forwards. And so I've always thought, like, this is the greatest musical. Like, it's a yeah. bop. It stays in people's mind. But then this time watching it, I was like, but you know what? I never thought about like the things that it's trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I think about something like what's another really popular musical.
1: So yesterday,
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I watched Chicago.
0: <gasps> I love Chicago. Yes. <laughs> which is all about female empowerment,
1: which is all about female empowerment. Yeah. Chicago is so Hairspray is a very good musical and yes. it is probably one of the best adaptions of a Broadway musical. It really is. It's, I don't think there hasn't been a good lay Mis adaption. That Rent adaption was awful. There aren't really many good ones. This, this Hairspray is very good. It's a very fun film. And what it captures is actually the energy of a Broadway musical, which no other movie actually does.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That
1: end number, the You Can't Stop the Beat, the beat? that feels like a climactic song at the end of a Broadway musical.
0: It does. You know, well, and that's what it feels like in the musical. Yeah.
1: Like it, you, yeah. you feel that energy and that you feel pumped up watching it. I and, literally
0: left that Broadway theater going like, you can't stop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 really fun. However, Chicago is so freaking classy. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Chicago the musical is better than Chicago the Broadway play. They're Broadway musical.
1: Yes, the movie is it definitely, is. it is hands it's down It's ten times better than yeah.
0: seeing a live performance of it. Yeah,
1: I think the live performance is a little bland, actually. And mm. Chicago itself as a story is really interesting. But the movie just hones in on everything good about it. But here are two movies that are extremely different. And Chicago is, I'd say, classy and kind of sophisticated. And Hairspray is fun. But fun done, like, really
0: well. Fun for and like fun for all ages. Like even yeah. my my dad peeped in while we were watching it, and he stuck around for a couple of songs yeah. because one he was like amazed by the fact that John Travolta was. John I want to Travolta. talk about John
1: Travolta for a second <laughs> because I remember watching this and being like, "Oh, John Travolta is good," but then this time when he has that that song with Christopher Walken, who plays John Travolta, so John Travolta plays the mother in this. Yes. So, so,
0: historically, if you've never seen Hairspray and you are not aware, historically, um, so the movie stars Tracy Turnblatt. She's a yes. young teenage girl. And she has a mother in the movie. And historically, the mother is always played by a man dressed as a woman. So, in the... Such na- as... 19- because
1: Divine is a...
0: A man yes. who gets paid to dress as a yes. woman. Correct, Nadim. Well done. <laughs> um, and so... You, it's only appropriate that if you're going to do a musical of this, of this film, is that you always have a man yeah. playing a woman in that role. And so John Travolta plays Edna Turnblad yeah. in the Hairspray movie, and I hated it the first time I ever saw it. I thought it was too kitschy, yeah. and like I was like, what are you trying to do here? But this time, John Travolta killed it to me. Killed it. It. He
1: deserved an Oscar nomination for that (laughs) performance. No, I'm not even joking. He deserved an Oscar nomination. I don't know if he deserved a win, but he deserved a a recognition because he really embodies that woman. He creates her. And that's, I think, what's miraculous is that there's character creation, but he really does create her as a person. Because he's a man and he, he creates this feminine and she's a feminine dainty woman fine she's big boned but like that's besides the point she's
0: she has a lot of femininity she has
1: a lot of femininity and he brings that and what's amazing is that him and christopher walken in that song have have such cute chemistry and that is it's not it's christopher walken but it is john travolta
0: it is. It's the voice, too. Yeah. The, like, the, the Baltimore accent. Like, I yeah. I want to try to do it, but I can't do it justice. Yeah. The way – and, like, the infliction on certain words – that, yeah. one, get a laugh yeah. every time. And two, you're all up there thinking, like, you're just so adorable.
1: Yeah. He makes her a cute woman. And that is, George yeah. Walsh is a big man. Yeah. So it's it's something, it's really something to experience watching it. Because I felt this exact same way. I remember first watching it and being like, this is kind of cheesy, but like, fine. And watching it now, I was just like, wow, I'm actually really impressed by this.
0: Yeah. He does a great job. I love the casting of this musical, too. This is
1: an amazingly cast film. Like, what yes. a spectacular cast of people. It is like one person after the other.
0: Michelle Pfeiffer is my favorite.
1: Michelle Pfeiffer. Queen Amanda Latifah, Bynes is Amanda actually really Bynes, good as Penny. Christopher Walken. John Travolta. Britney Snow. Alison Janney. Janney. Zac Efron. Like, it's... it's James, like
0: James Marsden. James <laughs>
1: Marsden. It's, it's like 10 people. Yeah. It's a really great cast. Like, really picked the best people to play those roles
0: and then when you look at the casting of like the movie in 1988 though oh my god so wild sunny bono debbie harry who i actually think debbie harry really pulls off that role well and i enjoy her in it
1: but she's so much better written in the musical
0: Oh, yeah, Miss Legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs. Yeah. <laughs> That's all... I know all the words to that one, too. It's
1: just so much... I I think what, what I really took away from watching... Because I watched uh, the 1988 version, and then I watched the 2007 version. And when I watched the 1988 version, I was like... There were certain things that didn't jive well with me. And I didn't remember the 2007 version much. But A, Tracy is kind of a bitch in the 1988 version. She's not as... Not that there's, she's,
0: less there's less likability. There's
1: less likability, for sure.
0: But she's also not singing around a lot in the movie.
1: But even still, yeah. like that has nothing to do with it. Tracy in the film, and sorry, Tracy in the musical, is a lot more likable. And a lot more, like, you want to go on the journey with her. Whereas Tracy in the 1988 version, she's got more attitude. She's kind of meaner. She's not as, like... She's
0: dirty and gritty. She's
1: dirty and gritty, and it just doesn't feel like... It's not that you pity Tracy in the new version, but it's that you kind of get her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You get that, like, she also doesn't turn her weight into a like an Achilles heel, which I really like. They, yeah. And the move, the 19, sorry, the 2007 version never makes weight an issue. It is saying that, like, yes, yeah, she's a, you know, a big woman. Fine but it it's not like she needs to lose weight to be cute or be, you know, sexy no. or anything like it has nothing to do with it but you can t- but it is enough that it you can tell that maybe it is a part of her that affects her esteem like it's the exact amount i think of addressing that that the musical does whereas the 1988 version like she's con- she's constantly being called fat there and like fine she doesn't care but like does it matter
0: yeah There's a whole scene with Amber, like, making really snide remarks that are unnecessary. But the thing that the musical does to hide that is they put the remarks in a song. So, like, they're saying mean shit about her, but it's in a cute little song. So people don't really notice. But Amber,
1: played by Brittany Snow, is just also a better written character. She's a little bit. She doesn't have a. Fine. That character is not meant to have dimension. Like, she's not meant to have, like, this great arc. That's not yeah. well, Amber's she wants purpose. To be
0: Auto show. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: it. That's all she is. But like, even still, she doesn't come across as like, I don't know. There's something just about the John Waters movie that feels unsophisticated. It feels very like, it feels very amateur to watch. I
0: have two things I want to say. Yes. First thing: Did you know that Amber in the original movie? Do you know who that is? No. That is Vitamin C, the singer of really? the graduation song. Yeah. She as we plays- go on. As we, we go on, we remember that that was vitamin C. I had no at idea. Amber. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's wild. Yes. And then, as we were talking about this of like having this like dirty, grittier movie versus this bright, fun, vibrant one, I'm just thinking of like when we talked about Amelie yeah. and how they purposely cleaned yeah. up the streets of France and made it like nice and beautiful yeah. for this movie. What would it have been like if it was, like, real France streets? And it would have been 1988 airspray. That's what, like, real Baltimore was like in the 60s and 50s. Uh,
1: I don't think that's right. Because I think there's a difference between the nitty-gritty versus the aesthetic that the film is made. Like, you could have... This is maybe, like, this is something people say about Bollywood films a lot, right? Like, they say that, like, the musical numbers and the, like, set design and the costumes and everything, they mask... They tend to tend to mask... The reality of of what's going Mm -hmm. on which is the same argument you could make for the 2007 version that like the music and the choreography and the sets and all of that the costuming they mask the racial the what's really going on here and make it kind of difficult to kind of get to that whereas the 1988 version is right there i think you could have gritty baltimore but have it be made better because it's it's not just dirty, it's like bad cinematography and bad acting and bad sets. And it's not just trying to show lower middle class Baltimoreans. Do you know what I mean? And,
0: yeah, I'm just like, I'm so curious where the cult classic of it comes yeah. from. Though. Like, what do people find so appealing, appealing about this movie? Because like, I haven't rewatched it since I was 16. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to watch this again. I yeah. watched it the one time just because like, I wanted context- for the musical, and I think like the musical does a great job of taking this original movie that isn't so great and yeah. making it into something so vibrant and fun and enjoyable and palatable. Yeah, this isn't palatable. I will at never all. watch it again.
1: No. I have no reason or desire to watch it again.
0: And I need people to who like it to explain to me what they like about it. Yeah, yeah. You're not one of those people. Lisa. I'm definitely. I don't not. know what we're doing here. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think
1: maybe the issue is is that. The 2007 musical is so polished. yeah, and it's so well put together that at the time I'm I, there might be something about this that appeals, but now when you watch this or if you watch if you watch the 1988 version after you watch the musical, you you miss out the fun, you miss out the characterization, you miss out things that are innate to the musical and you you are inevitably comparing them. I don't think you can watch one without comparing them back and forth no it's true i think when you watch the 1988 version now you're like well the costumes aren't great the acting's terrible there's no big stars in the like there's there's a laundry list of just like things that just aren't working so sad is it
0: people who like this please message us and <laughs> let us know what do you like about hairspray 1988 because i don't get it maybe it's like you know maybe it's very divisive maybe there are people who like they get it and they love it and they think it's like this amazing thing.
1: But I think people who think this Hairspray is a part of the cult, like it's a cult classic, also think yeah. also find John Waters a cult like cult, cult, yeah. cult figure. Like I oh. think there's a, there's an appeal of John Waters' filmography rather than maybe Hairspray itself.
0: Fair, interesting, and this is all based on true story too.
1: Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, so
0: John Waters grew up in Baltimore, and there was a show. Similar to like American Bandstand, yeah. that was just for Baltimore kids, and there was this whole hubbub about whether or not it was going to integrate or not, and the show wound up getting canceled because they wouldn't integrate.
1: Good, yeah. One thing I want to say. Yes. This movie in my head actually aged better.
0: Right. It feels better yeah, now in twenty twenty one than it's it weird did then
1: because I remember watching it and thinking, okay, this is cute, and I remember thinking it was more frivolous. Mm-hmm. And like, but when I watched it now, I had a much more respect for it as a film.
0: It's just so fun.
1: It's fun, but it's also, it is very well made.
0: Yeah, It
1: is actually very, it's not just a movie musical that has great production design and like great choreography and is fun to watch because that's the danger with musicals itself is that you have to be able to, you have to be able to integrate your film with the music. It can't just be. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's the big issue that a lot of people have with Bollywood is that, like, you have these amazing musical numbers, but where's the story? I I think the trick to watching a musical in general is being able to understand that, like, the story is sometimes in the song. If the song is great and you're paying attention to it, the movie is doing its job.
0: And they do in the movie, they make, like, slight changes from the musical itself. Oh, do they? But things that make sense. I can't remember any, but I remember when I watched it in 2007 I was like oh like that's different and it made sense of, like in terms of a movie you would want to make those small yeah. kinds of changes I think you just really love Adam Shankman though
1: what else have I don't think I've seen anything else by there him there is
0: an Adam Shankman movie that... that you adore and I'm gonna make you no don't look at your IMDb
1: no I have to
0: no I want you to try to guess what it is it's a game Nadim
1: <laughs> because I looked up his IMDb before and I could not for the life of me I don't think I've seen anything else by him
0: Oh, you have, and you adore it.
1: I'm literally on IMDb right now, and I can't see anything. He directed
0: it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he directed it. Or at least did the choreograph choreography, choreography? for it. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm looking.
0: I'm pretty sure he directed it. Maybe I read it wrong.
1: Okay, what do you think? Because there's oh. nothing on this... Oh, the wedding plan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: second directorial debut, The Wedding Planner, which is the theme's favorite J-Lo movie.
1: First of all, it is, (laughs) I don't don't want anyone to think I actually really like The Wedding Planner. I have a weird soft spot for this what I know is a bad movie. I don't know why, I can't explain it.
0: I think he's your favorite director. Oh, he's okay. pl- replacing Denis D- Din- Villeneuve. Denis <laughs> Villeneuve.
1: Din- That's exactly what's happening.
0: <laughs> could you oh, imagine? He's actually directing um, the sequel to Enchanted.
1: Oh, that could be really good, actually.
0: I think it would be amazing. Yeah. He's such a... He So not only did he direct this movie, he choreographed all the musical numbers. The choreography
1: well. is amazing in this.
0: It's so good. It it's is flawless. Like, it
1: is second to West Side Story. It is really, really good. It's beautiful. Yeah.
0: He's very talented.
1: Do you have any sequel prequel ideas?
0: Too high. I mean, okay. Uh actually, okay. So my one of my uh, before I go into that, I want to ask you what is your least favorite and most favorite musical number in the musical.
1: Okay. My most favorite to watch is the la- is the you can't watch you can't stop the beat. You can't
0: stop the beat. I yeah. really
1: really like it as a climaxing song. It's so it gives you that rush of energy. I mm-hmm. remember any musical I've seen, and I've seen a, fa- a fair bit of them, that last song always has so much energy and so much, like, it almost demands a standing ovation. Yeah. And, like, this this does that. Like, it really does give you that energy. It has great choreography. It's It, it really is a nice way of bringing all your stories and all your characters together. It's really, really fun to watch.
0: It's also such a hard song to sing. Like, the yes. running joke yeah. behind it is it should be called You Can't Stop to Breathe. Yeah. Because it just keeps going and going and like they all they do this very well.
1: Very, very well. Yeah. Um, My least favorite song is the song they sing during the March because I can't even tell you what it's called.
0: I'm going to try. I was about to look up the name for it, but I don't think I know what it is. Is it called Breakout? No. No. Is it Trouble on the Line? You're timeless to me. I know where I've been. I know where I've been.
1: It's by Queen Latifah, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's I Know Where I've Been.
1: Yeah, I know where I've been.
0: That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. I like those answers. What about you? My least favorite is actually Big Blonde and Beautiful.
1: Oh, interesting. I
0: don't feel like it hits home. Like I never, I don't know. It just doesn't like wow me. I'm just okay. like, okay, like this is there, and like the go back between Edna and I'm forgetting Michelle Piper's character's name. Miss Krabs. I just want to call her Miss Velma. Velma. Yeah, Velma. The go back between Edna and Velma just doesn't like make Land, sense to yeah. me. I also hate that that part of the movie where she tries to seduce Christopher yeah. Walken. I just find it unnecessary. Um, so that's my least favorite. Okay. My favorite song is Without Love. Okay. I think... In this movie especially, like, the way it plays out is really fun. Yeah. There's some really cute jokes in there. But then the overall message of the song is really yeah. beautiful as well. And, like, there's some good symbol not symbolism, similes symbolism. in the song as well. Yeah. Um, But then my, I say my favorite is without love, but my actual favorite is The Legend of Miss Baltimore Craft. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that feels more on brand for you.
0: For me, yeah. yeah. It's just so Fun. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer looks like she's having the time of her life playing this character. They
1: all look like they're enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. Nobody looks like, oh, great, what am I doing? This
1: was a fun set Uh, to be
0: on. Exactly. And apparently she was concerned because she didn't realize until they were actually filming that this character is a racist. Yeah. (laughs) And so she was worried. She's like, how am I going to come off on this? But she is just so spiteful and so, like evil but you still kind of you want her approval she's
1: a good and, villain
0: yes she plays that fine line really well and yeah. that song is like just the proof in the pudding so i really like miss baltimore mm, that's
1: a good choice before we get but to- I'll go
0: to my sequel prequel, oh yeah you do have ideas okay that ties into it i really would like to see the prequel of velma becoming miss baltimore crafts <laughs> i would really like to see how she became Miss Baltimore Craft. Okay, that's fair. Like, I think there should be a, a movie, maybe a whole TV series mm. about how Velma slept her way to the top. Became yeah. Yeah. Miss Baltimore. She says it in the song. Yeah. She belted Aida while preparing soufflés. Yes. So I want to see that on camera. And then I was trying to think, like, who would play young Michelle Pfeiffer. And? I didn't come up with anything, okay. and I wanted to see if you had any ideas.
1: Young Michelle Pfeiffer.
0: Young Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Possibly Emma Stone.
0: I feel like, but this is going to be like teenage Michelle don't, Pfeiffer, so I, don't I think know Emma teens. is like old now. I don't
1: know the teens. Mitha. I'm too old for the teens. I don't the know,
0: teens. know the teens either. I'm going to say Dove Cameron, because that's a name I've heard put out there a little bit. I think bit, you need somebody,
1: so. yeah, young, some ingenue, some like...
0: We're going to find her. Yeah. Audition now <laughs> <laughs>
1: For this unwritten idea. Yeah. Would you say, is this your favorite musical? Movie musical?
0: Wow. What a good question. Oh. You know, Chicago holds a really big... So, like, so when I was making my list mm-hmm. of movies I wanted you to watch, we hadn't quite like nailed down what it was going to be. Like if it was ones that we know the other person had yeah. never seen before. And so Chicago was on my original okay. list of like, I want Nadeem to watch Chicago with me so we can talk about yeah. Chicago, and so I do think that place is reserved for Chicago, but this is in the top five, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Interesting because I know you Mm -hmm. love it, so I wanted to know.
0: I love Mm -hmm. a musical,
1: so do you want to give me a rating then?
0: Okay, so Hairspray 1988. Should I do my like what I felt as a kid and what I felt like now?
1: Sure, that's your rating. So,
0: as a kid, I was very confused. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) What is this? What's happening?
1: End of story. End of story. And
0: it's like, what is this movie? What's happening right now? Why do people like this? Who is John Waters? What am I watching? Ricky Lake? Like, go Ricky, go Ricky. (laughs) All of the things happening at once. But I did really love watching it in terms of understanding the context of what I love so much from the musical and from Mm -hmm. the Broadway show. And I think it's always really nice to look at those, you know, original sources and kind of have a better understanding of why, why you love something that you love so much. And so I'll I'll let it have that. This time I felt the same way though. It was just so gritty. And in that first scene that you see divine, I'm just like, this is terrible acting. (laughs) Like this is just so bad. And like, it, it, and, like you said, it's poorly made. There's nothing really attractive about it, except for the fact that yeah we didn't talk young Josh Charles is in
1: this is he link?
0: No, he plays just one of the nicest kids in town, sure, like one of them yeah, but I was I just thought it was funny to see him in it. but no such a throwback but like not an appreciated one like kind of glad that we've stepped away from making movies like this and like maybe there's a reason why John Waters doesn't have so many commercially successful movies because this doesn't really represent what I want from the movie going experience Mm -hmm. so that being said I do think there it does really hit the nail when it comes to talking about integration Mm -hmm. and the importance of it but also you know feeling like you belong and and being an outcast essentially and so for that i'm gonna give it two stars okay. then for hairspray 19 or 19 for 2007 i don't know what year i'm in anymore hairspray 2007 okay so if you ask 16 year old Mitha 16 year old Mitha walked out of that movie theater and then literally found out when the next showing was and went to it <laughs> that is what happened i remember doing this Probably 500 out of five (laughs) back then. (laughs) Just because it is it is really fun and jolly and nice to go see a musical. Adult Mitha. Still that same, just like the second I put it on, I was like, oh, I'm excited to watch this. And typically when we watch a movie, even if it's one that I've seen before, I have my phone out to make notes, to write down quotes, to kind of like get to (laughs) understand. No, I don't play Candy (laughs) Crush. (laughs) I play a coloring game. It soothes me. Yes, but I will have my phone out to, like, make those notes and and to have a better understanding of, like, what I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. when we discuss the movie itself. And this one, I forgot to pick up my phone. I had to watch it a second time because I was like, oh, I didn't write down anything (laughs) because I just was so enthralled with it. And it gets you from that get-go. And, like, you follow along with the musical. You're singing along to the songs. You're looking at John Travolta dressed as a woman. Queen Latifah just, like, bringing it. Mm -hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer – being so evil that you're petrified of her. Even like Allison Janney has a very small part in this movie, but like she's so memorable, so effective, yeah, so effective in that role, and like so much better than what was part of the original. And even Amanda Bynes, yeah. like Amanda Bynes as Penny is 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 spot yeah. on because she's so aloof, but then she has to play like this little like sexy bit yeah. to her too, is when she falls in love with seaweed and she pulls it off. Yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot of things that are really delightful for the, about this and it brings a smile to my face. And so for that, I'm going to give it, but, but I should say that when it comes to telling me a story and telling me something about racism and telling me about something about belonging, mm-hmm. that gets lost okay. <laughs> in all the, the happiness and the joy mm-hmm. and the eagerness to, to dance along. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I will give it four and a half.
1: Oh, wow, that's really high.
0: I love hairspray. Oh, that's spray. good.
1: Live your I best do. life. I
0: am a hairspray stan. Sh- sure. <laughs> and just like you, Adam Shankman might be one of my favorite directors.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, contrary to Mitha's suggestions, I am not a giant Adam Shankman fan. Stan. St- no, fan. I don't like staying. stan. I don't like the lingos. But I will say this. <laughs> <laughs> that when i watched the 1988 version i was sorely disappointed and i honestly i ex- i expected i think a little bit more because i had heard so much about john waters uh, sorry about this being john waters's most approachable film mm-hmm.
0: uh
1: it was a commercial success it's a cult classic so I, I i kind of wanted to like it more and i was sorely disappointed I knew where the story was going, and that might make a difference. Like, I knew I knew the beats. I knew what was going to happen. So it was hard to maybe pay attention. And it's hard as well to take something that was made on a shoestring budget and compare it to a movie with 10 A-list actors. Like, it's, th- it's really... I, I can see that it's difficult to do that. I will say, though, some of the best movies can be done on shoestring budgets. And, I mean, you look at something like... We haven't reviewed this, but I made Mita watch Ryan Johnson's Brick, for instance. That was mm-hmm. a amazing script, sophisticated direction, and that's all it was. It doesn't need to be glossy and shiny, and I think that's really important to note here. I don't think what I'm comparing is the roughness of the 1988 version to the gloss and the high budget of the 2007 version. I'm just saying that even if you don't have money, your movie can still have grace. And this is a graceless movie. it's the 1988 version is really kind of just like it's i don't know i don't I don't know how else to describe it. there's no grace, there's no sophistication there's an, it's a Shidati. yeah it's kind of it's <laughs> it's kind of just like a it's a ghetto film yeah. that's kind of the best way to describe it and not in a good way, not in a charming way so but what I will say is that what john waters creates with the screenplay and the beats they are good beats. It's an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea to have Divine play the mother and that tradition that has followed I think is great. I think this movie sets the tone for good things to come. And you know it's fine you started off at the bottom and then other people wavering to improve it but just because you laid the foundation you laid a pretty solid foundation I give the 1988 version two stars.
0: Two. Oh my gosh Same same. same.
1: for me I really do enjoy the 2007 version and the 2007 version I think when I walked into it because I had seen it I think I was leaning towards three stars but I watched it this time surprised at actually how sophisticated and how well made it is and how it isn't just glossy like dances with good choreography there is a story there's actually some very good acting especially by John Travolta There's good messaging. It's a really well, solid, put-together film. This is money and production going to, like, the right places. And that doesn't always happen. That said, my favorite movie musical is West Side Story. I remember watching it for the first time on a rainy, like, Tuesday afternoon. I was, like, off from school. And my sister had rented it or something. And I was in the basement. And I was just like, okay, let's see. And I was floored. I just remember feeling completely, like enamored by it, by the music and the choreography and the style of it. I was really, I was in love with West Side Story. This didn't do that for me, but I do really like this. And I don't actually like very many movie musicals because I find that what I like about filmmaking is storytelling and emotion, and that can often be lost in American musicals, whereas Bollywood musicals have a tendency, maybe because of their length or the style of music, to have that, those songs and those dances, but still retain storytelling and emotion. So for this version, the 2007 version, I'm going to give it three and a half stars.
0: Three and a half. Not the same. (laughs) (laughs) I think musicals, it's so hard to nail them. Yeah,
1: it really is.
0: There are so many things that can go wrong. And so when you do have a successful one, I feel like that that should be appreciated.
1: I, I feel like with movie musicals, it's either up or down. There's really no like, it was okay. It's either good or it's not.
0: Or it's bad, yeah. like rent. Rent,
1: rent is. Oh my god, it's yeah. so bad.
0: Rent is bad, guys. Yeah,
1: it's just a bad yeah. film.
0: I did want to ask you. I know I didn't put this in the itinerary, mm-hmm. so um, deal with my spot Oh my god. But <laughs> I wanted to say ask you, like, as a franchise on a whole, mm-hmm. how how do you feel about hairspray? What would you rate hairspray if you're looking at film, Broadway, and musical?
1: I've never seen the Broadway musical. Like, I've never seen well, it live. Well, poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> and I would want to. I will say this, though, Mita. After watching this, I wanted to watch the stage musical.
0: Right? Yeah, it I is... really did
1: want to see what it would be like on stage.
0: It's exhilarating. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, for me, this experience really raised the profile of the franchise,
0: I'd say. There you go. Yeah. Hairspray, Hairspray.
1: The franchise. The
0: franchise, yeah. I Oh, I forgot to mention that there, I was going to watch Hairspray live. Which is what, I think oh, NBC did they? produced it a couple years ago. Yeah, but I didn't watch it.
1: Who played the Peoples?
0: I feel like Ariana Grande was there on yeah, something. She but I don't.
1: Ariana Grande was, was Penny? Penny. Yeah, that
0: makes Dove, so much sense. Dove
1: Cameron was Amber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth <laughs> was Velma. Sean oh, Hayes was Mr. That. Pinky. Martin Short was Wilbur. Andrea Martin was a Prudy Pingleton. Rosie O'Donnell was a gym teacher. Harvey F- Firestein. Firestein was Edna.
0: Harvey Firestein played Edna in the original Broadway musical. Who
1: played Tracy? Oh, Maddie Bayelo?
0: Tracy is, um, and so another tradition, like along with Edna always being played by a man, Tracy is always played by an ingenue, someone okay. unknown. Ricky Lake. This was her first feature film, and this is what made her Ricky Lake. Is it also her last? Well, she had the Ricky Lake show. Like I think she s- survived. No,
1: but as a actress. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually in the 2007
1: movie. Is she? Where is she? She
0: plays one of the talent agents that come at the show at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who goes sit down. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's a little little tidbit.
0: And then John Waters plays the flasher in the yes, the Good Morning Baltimore item. Yeah. Love it. But yeah, there's Hairspray Live, too. So we could continue this next week if you wanted to.
1: <laughs> no, though because next week we are watching something different. Oh. Because it's time for...
0: Different characters. Same world.
1: All right, Mita. So yeah. this is going to be a hard one. So Great. I'm changing the rules just slightly to make it a little bit easier. So
0: Changing the rules to my game.
1: <laughs> we are watching a foreign film. Oh, okay. So what I'm the I've put not Bollywood. Not Bollywood. When I it's, okay. when it's a Hindi film, I specify it's a Hindi film. Because okay. it's kind of its own separate world. But this is uh-huh. you could go to any other country now, except India. So what it's going to be is the three characters I'm going to name are all mm-hmm. actors who have appeared with this director. So I think the director of the film we're watching is quite notable. And I think if you get okay. the director, you'll get the movie. Okay. I don't, you won't get them by the actors' names. but
0: Okay, I'll try my best. But, I'm not going to get them, period.
1: <laughs> no, because, but, so what it is, is you're going to guess the actor yeah. by the character I'm going to give, but the character but is not... But they've been con- in a
0: movie that the director directed.
1: Yeah, so let's say, for okay. instance, if I say Ransom Drysdale, yes. you're looking for...
0: Ryan Johnson movies.
1: No, you're looking oh. for Chris Evan movies. Okay. Chris Evan has worked with this director, let's say. Oh. Yes, but not necess- but it is not, but it So I'm isn't. looking
0: for Boong Jong-ho movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, or okay. another Marvel movie, or like, or. A Russo Brothers yes, movie. Yes, something okay. like that. Yes. Does that make sense?
0: All these actors have worked for that with same the, With
1: this same director. Okay. Okay? Okay. I hope this works. In my head, it made so much sense.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little, conclu- <laughs> okay, we'll try.
1: <laughs> I think it'll make sense once we play it. Once we like do it this way this one time and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. Okay, so I'm going to give you three character names. Yeah. The first one is Peppy Miller. (coughs) The second one is Silva. And the third one is Sofia Serrano. And there's a reason I chose at least two of these. And your timer starts. (laughs) You're going to be disappointed if you don't know some of these. Your timer starts now.
0: Peppy Miller? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what that... What's her... Is that the character from The Artist?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Is that the movie? No, <laughs> no wait, I'm confused. I don't... I can't remember who directed The Artist.
1: It's not... Oh, but wait, yes. no. I just have
0: to think of that actress. actress. Yeah. Okay. You have okay. seconds. What were the other two names again?
1: Silva. and Just Silva? De Silva and Sofia Serrano.
0: Sophia Serrano. Work on that one. Serrano. Sophia. Sophia Serrano. When I, uh, you're saying Serrano and I'm thinking of like cold cut meats. Yep, sorry, think that's a minute. <laughs> I don't know what it is okay. at all.
1: So Pepe Miller is Bernice Bergeau in The yes. Artist. Yes. Silva is Javier Bardem in Skyfall.
0: Oh my god, I don't remember his name.
1: <laughs> but Sofia Serrano is Penelope Cruz in Vanilla Sky. Oh,
0: I'm mad about that. One, yeah. <laughs>
1: one of Mita's oh, favorite movies eyes. is Vanilla Sky. Oh, so I thought
0: eyes. I thought you'd know it. I don't remember. Okay. So I just remember her as Sophia. Yeah, that's
1: fair. <laughs> yeah. So all three of these actors have worked with Asghar Farhadi. Okay. Who is an Iranian director and directed Iran's first Best foreign picture winner, A Separation.
0: Oh, you talk about this all the time. (laughs) I'm excited. Why are you laughing? Because I'm
1: starting to realize I really talk about the movies I like.
0: I'm very
1: vocal about them.
0: A Separation. We are watching A
1: Separation from 2011.
0: Okay. I don't
1: know where you can watch it. You might have to rent it.
0: What a way to end the summer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll explain next week why I picked it.
0: Okay. That's yeah. fair. I'm looking up right now where I can watch this. Uh, separate, I think I've seen it on Prime. At one but point, I'm going yeah. To
1: but I don't know if it's still there.
0: Oh, no, it's not there anymore. I'm going to have to rent Sorry, it. Me. Okay. Okay. Did my then. redo of the
1: game make sense, though, in retrospect?
0: Yes, but it, it is confusing to have a yeah, yeah, yeah. brain work like that, especially because I don't know this director at yes. all. But if you had done it like
1: if I'd done it, to if you have done d- an
0: example yeah. that some people I know, I'm sure I would have gotten. I it.
1: wasn't sure if a. <laughs> now it's now I'm just all these movies, and I'm like, I'm not sure if you've heard of this movie. You probably have because I've probably talked about it. <laughs> I really, <sighs> I really like to tell people because
0: I thought the movie was gonna then be the artist, but it wasn't because you
1: artist. haven't seen the artist, have you? Mm. You're not gonna watch it this time. It's okay. I
0: just remember that hearing that name from that year at Pepe the Oscars. Miller, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is, it is not going to be a super exciting end to the summer, but there's a reason we are watching a separation for our next recording. Okay. But uh, this episode has gone on super long, Vita. Also, I, I think I got our date wrong. I think the Hairspray is airing August 18th, not August 25th. A separation will be airing August 25th. There you so go. Sorry about that. But yes. That's well, it. Well, you corrected yourself. I know, I had already. to. Already.
0: You could have just edited it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like to have the, re- I like to have it in the recording so that if I can't okay. edit out, at least I've, you know, made the Got Gotcha, correct. you're
0: leaving notes exactly. for yourself, okay. <laughs>
1: uh, Mita, before I make another mistake, do you have any parting words for us?
0: Um, do I ever. Having nothing builds character.
1: I love that we picked an Alice and Janney line.
0: Alice and Janney is just like, She's So good. chef's kiss. So good. Yeah. <laughs> thank
1: you so much for listening friends please like subscribe share and rate and review and we will see you next week for a separation have a lovely summer week bye bye -bye. thanks for listening to movies to watch before the end of the world sponsored by no one
0: you can follow us on instagram at movies to watch pod on twitter at movies the number two watch pod on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.